everybody. Welcome back to the Latch Mama Podcast. Melissa here. For those of you who are joining the Latch Mama Podcast for the first time, uh, we are a podcast that is, celebrates the the ups and the downs of motherhood. I don't know. Decided to switch it up a little bit. Um, today, Lindy and I are talking about friendship. I feel like we could talk about this every week, um, but we're going to chat a little bit about ours and what friendship and motherhood looks like. You're listening to Latch Mama Podcast. I'm your host, Melissa Wirt, busy mom of six and owner of LatchMama.com. Join us each week as we talk about pregnancy, breastfeeding, postpartum, and all things motherhood. I mean, let's be honest. Yeah. It just changes, I think, once you become a mother. Yeah. So I was wondering if we started like pre, like what a friendship look like before children and how is like that changed and what do we need and what can we give and I think that there's like oh I don't know you know I was never one to have a lot of friends in life I mean if we're gonna go yeah like, what backwards. did your little like high school group yeah. so look like? I don't think I ever really had any like and I think that this just changes as you get older but I didn't have like a ton of like emotional depth to no. any relationship in my <laughs> life but I think that that's just kind of like normal but even in college, like, I don't really remember having a lot of of close. I mean, I played a sport. So there were people that I played sports with. But like in high school, did you have like one good friend that you would say like a like a I had a group good of friends, friend, no, a couple. I had, like a, I had like a group of friends that I was like on the periphery of. OK, like they were I feel like they were closer than I was with them. Mm, okay. But I could be wrong. I don't yeah. really know. I don't know. I was kind of lonely. I was kind of doing my own thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Trying to figure it out. I don't know. Yeah. When I moved here, I met a girl in my neighborhood. She came down. So she's like an extrovert. Okay. Um, met her down. to our house. Oh, okay. She brought some cookies. Okay. Um, still know her today. We will okay. still chat. It's more sporadic. Yeah. Like got a whole bunch of things going on, um, but still friendly with her. Um, so she was like first friend in eighth grade. And then yeah. I kind of knew her through high school, um, high school. We had a co- little bit of different of a groups, but like I probably had maybe one to three, I'd say maybe three people that I would consider good friends in high school. Like, there are people who I knew, but like a friendship that you kind of, you have that back and forth kind of give and take. That was about it. Like cry to on a bad day friendship. Maybe, but I, I don't really know if I did that. Because <laughs> we didn't have bad days. You I mean, feel, did you, you cry have, on no, a bad day to a no, friend? You no, you have to feel things to cry. It's You're such a teenagers. weird thing. Okay. Yeah. So then you get to college. I had one best friend in college, ride or die. Um, took us a little while to get there. Both mm-hmm. quit the field hockey team. Still very much in my life, but one of those friends that we can go like months without talking to each other. And then yeah. it's like... We're right back connected. Were again. you roommates? Um, we were never roommates and we okay. vacationed terribly together. Our largest <laughs> fights always came on vacation together. Um, but we actually vacationed. But you just went. We, we vacationed. And it was just, good. Just went, meaning just went a year, year ago. ago. Uh, my husband would say that I just went. Um, he made that comment the other day. I was like, it was a year ago and I had a baby with me. Mm-hmm. A baby with me. So it was yeah. not It was not a vacation. No. Um, but I did go away and we did great together. Um, I think that we've both grown, um, 
and kind of realized what we don't know and just kind of can meet each other in a different place. Yeah. Which I think brings us to motherhood and friendship and what we need and what we want. And, you know, I'm knee deep in research for this book and everything keeps coming back to the fact that literally the only thing that matters, like for the human being, like, I mean, you need air, you need water, you need whatever, but like connection is just as important for your physical and mental health than anything else. Yeah. Agreed. But then we sit and we take mothers especially, and we put them in these scenarios where their connection is coming from these little tiny individuals because all they want to do is love them and take care of them. And that's Mm -hmm. biologically what our brains are telling us to do. But suddenly we are being drawn apart from the thing that is like water to us, which is connection. Yeah. So what is yours? I mean, I'm writing a whole book about it. Pre-baby to having a child. So for me, what I really struggled with is I didn't have the skills and the tools Like if I went through having such a small circle, like in college, and then, I mean, I had a really substantial professional career for a while, um, but it felt like all of those relationships were kind of like alcohol success competition driven, Mm -hmm. you know, like who can sell the most houses, who wins the awards, let's all go out and drink, you know, and it was just a, it's a very different thing. And so then you get thrown into motherhood, you kind of bring all of that stuff away from it and you're stuck with like or you're tasked with how, how do I have these close relationships that I know that my body needs? Or I think some people don't even realize that we need them because we just ignore our needs. I think a lot as moms. Yeah. Um, I feel like we talked about that a little bit in another mm -hmm. podcast as far as, you know, you want these things, but did I have the energy or, you know, this extra mental space to give, or receive and honestly felt like I didn't. Yeah. It felt like a complete chore to, once again, you said kind of a lack of um, skills and tools to do that. Mm-hmm. So absolutely, I felt that as well. But also, I was just plain exhausted in, yeah. in, in every way, yeah. mentally, emotionally, physically, to even do that. We were um, talking about today, I had a book call, and we were talking about the progress of going from realizing that you need it or realizing that you actually matter. Like, mm-hmm. so after you have a baby, like, when does that light bulb moment come that you actually have needs as a human being and how do you start to baby step into finding that connection and becoming healthy enough um, and learning those skills and those tools again because some of us are brand new people on the other side of motherhood how do how do you get there that it becomes a priority Mm. and it's interesting because as we're mapping out kind of the book and my own journey with all of this um, you know it started for me um You know, it took me a lot of kids to start to realize that I had very much lost myself, that I had blinked and it was a decade later Mm -hmm. and I had literally just been providing for my family. I had, I mean, I'd been building a brand for sure as well, but like I had been having babies, Mm -hmm. growing babies and feeding babies for so long that I had no idea truly what made me happy, who was filling my cup. Mm-hmm. Like I wasn't making time for it and anything. I was so like, I think sometimes we get in this place in motherhood where you're like, am I making the right decision? Am I not making the right decision? If I, if I go and I hang out with that person and they're making a different decision, is that going to make me question what I'm doing? And am I going to get judged? And I think we do get judged in motherhood enough mm-hmm. that it's just like, dude, I don't need anybody. 
Like this yeah. is hard enough. Like I, I don't, I don't need anybody to help me. Right. So it was funny. Like I baby stepped into it. Like I started going for a walk every morning by myself. Um, and that was like a non-negotiable for our family. Like mom was going for a walk. Do not come join me, whatever. Then I stepped into putting an hour a week towards therapy, which was my other like non-negotiable. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it was truly in that process that I have learned that, um, the connection's super important and super powerful, um, which then led our our relationship to get um, I don't know a little bit more real and intense and um, you know what what you would hope your really strong friendships have. But yeah, I I just had the thought and then I forgot. Sorry, no, I just oh, I just talked for a really long time. You're fine. But um, I mean, I think our stories parallel so much in the sense that yeah. you were in the trenches for so long as well without yeah. picking your head up. Um, yeah well I had a similar thing just back to college I had a roommate and she's somebody that I can get on the phone with after two or three months and hope we're hoping to get together this summer but she's in Ohio Um, but a similar thing so just you know a a good friendship but very you know Mm -hmm. very simple like not not a ton Um, so I do I think we have that similar kind of background as far as personalities go with friendships Mm -hmm. and things like that Um, but yeah I you were talking about kind of when you realized yes I matter and and I think I actually recognized that earlier in in my journey but I didn't know what to do with it and if I wanted to do something with it that shame and that guilt would come Uh because I felt like I was putting myself before these other you know little humans and my husband that you know oh no you know they -hmm. need to be on the forefront um so I don't I think similar by the time I actually was like truly believed it to the point where it was absolutely okay to implement a few changes and some things for me. It Mm -hmm. was, it was more like four to five to six kids. Yeah. To be honest. Yeah. Uh, It took me a long time. Um, But, but once again, it's just so important. So interesting. Cause like we run from it we run from it. And guys, (laughs) if you were to sit down and look at the science on it, it's just as important that you're going out and you're making those connections and you're having that you time, whether it is with a kid in tow or not. Yeah. Like it is just as important as you're doing that than it is that you're eating right or going to the gym or drinking enough water. All of the stuff that we talk about and is normalized to talk about, but we don't talk about this part. Like we don't talk about how right. important like the actual connection aspect of it is. Um, and it's interesting, like I'm starting to try and negotiate it a little bit in my relationship with Eric right now and try to figure out like how important it is for me to have this. And I can tell you like just from a down the road, probably further than some of the people are listening to this, try to start earlier because trying to make these changes now when the situation has been what it has been for the last what decade of, you know, I am just home all the time and I am not leaving and I'm there for dinner and I'm there for bedtime and I'm there for bath time. And then I go to sleep and then I wake up and I go to work and then I'm there, you know, like mm-hmm. it's so much harder to make those changes in your relationship and with your kids and everything, you know, yeah. than it is if you started earlier and realize that you really do matter and those friendships are, yeah, it's just as important to your family as they are to you. Yeah. You know? Agreed. And I know we're not getting into, like, you know, 
partner work and yeah. things like that. Uh-huh. But I did get, I've read a little bit through like the fair play things. And uh-huh. I don't know if you've seen those, but um, it just takes that whole like motherhood load and these mm-hmm. daily tasks that are not always visible tasks, but yep. these things that, you know, these things that we hold in our brain and mm-hmm. it's like we take on the responsibility for. And it, just like you said, starting a little bit earlier and saying, this is kind of what's on our family's plate. How mm-hmm. can we kind of maybe divvy this up that allows you as my partner to go and seek out some friendships yep. and you get that connection that you need, mm-hmm. but also that I can get the connection mm-hmm. that I need mm-hmm. and find that time yeah. and really work together because mm-hmm. my husband and I really didn't. Yeah. Um, I think we were both working on things that were really important for our family, mm-hmm. but we weren't necessarily, we weren't doing it together. Yeah. And I think we both really struggled in that. And so it wasn't until, you know, recently four or five, six kids where we've made progress on that and it allows both of us, you know, kind of drop a little bit of mm-hmm. that guilt, a little bit of that shame yeah. in putting yourself, um, not first, but mm-hmm. you know, that you matter and you can go and do these things. Yeah. And so what we were supposed to actually talk about today, which we'll get into a little bit is our love story. Um, Lindy and I's little, little friendship story. We get asked about it a lot. Um, but I think that there are so many incredible takeaways if you actually kind of like look at bigger picture and what we have created. Cause I think what we've created is incredibly healthy and strong and beautiful. Um, but like kind of how we got here and, um, it's really interesting. I mean, if you go, go way, way, way back, Lindy and I went to high school together. I remember her sitting next to me in crafts class. She wasn't in crafts class. She was in another class, mm-hmm. but, um, I had kind of, we kind of had run into each other social media wise. I was an obsessive wedding dress buyer for my wedding. I bought like 12 of them. Um, ended up wearing the first one I bought. Um, but I also realized somewhere in my extensive, I want to wear the coolest wedding dress ever. Um, I realized that Lindy, this girl I went to high school with was a local wedding dress designer. So I knew that she was designing wedding dresses. Um, I also, we had a couple of Facebook friends in common. I think Mm -hmm. Jean and a couple of other people. Um, so I knew that she had this like massive family and who the hell has massive families. And (laughs) wow, she has a lot of kids. Um, but it was really funny because like, I don't know. I mean, you guys all know Lindy probably for the most part, but when you meet her, you don't forget her. She's like super tall and beautiful and just, she's Lindy and you know, she is who she is. And she looks exactly the same today as she did when she was in high school. Um, but so when she showed up, so I was putting Not on really, this. But okay. You do. You look, you literally look. I feel I'm like a Lindy you look, who's done six kids. It's all. Yes, it's good. No, like you, you still look the same as you did in high school. But anyways, um, I was putting, and this story is, you know, you can get the short version or the long version of it, but it's kind of ironic and serendipitous. Um, But I was putting on this charity um, warehouse sale. It was actually our first ever warehouse sale. I don't think we count it now when we talk about how many warehouse sales we've had, though. Yeah. Um, But it was, I wanted to do this charity event for this local charity. woman doula friend I don't know what exactly you call her she was just she's kind of one of those people that doesn't didn't really have like a title because she was so like epic in proportion of who she was and how much she like worked to change the world but her name was Trace and um 
she ran the doula organization to labor. She was, she was a doula before like the word doula was actually like talked about. Um, but anyway, she was, she had a reoccurrence of cancer and she had literally spent her entire life serving others. So she didn't have a whole lot of, of money or health insurance or anything like that. So the community had already come together once to fundraise for her and they, everybody was kind of tired and out of money because birth workers don't really have a whole lot of money, you know, normally to begin with, they're kind of like teachers and, um, have like the most important jobs in the world, I feel like, but also under undervalued a little bit. Um, but anyways, so I had this amazing idea because I had a warehouse that I was going to take everybody's stuff. Cause like moms have stuff and I was going to take all of these doulas and all of these people who just loved this woman dearly. I was going to take all of their stuff. I was going to tag it all. And we were going to have this like warehouse consignment sale. Literally one of the worst decisions I have ever made as a business owner. Like talk about crashing and burning so incredibly terribly. Everybody wanted to drop their stuff off, which was great. They wanted to participate, but nobody actually wanted to sort through the stuff with me or tag it or do anything. So like, I would who like, knows what the stuff like looked like or, what Oh my God. And yeah. I would leave, I would leave work every night and I would just, there would just be piles of shit outside <laughs> of the warehouse because people didn't, didn't want the connection. They just wanted to feel like they were helping without even having to oh. say like hello or anything. So the warehouse just filled up and filled up and filled up to the point where like you couldn't even walk in it. And I had to go through all of this stuff and like, I'm not ungrateful because it was nice that people showed up with their stuff mm -hmm. and some of it was worth a lot of money. Um, but I had, to, I realized I had to go through like all of the recalls and everything and then people didn't show up to help me. And then my mom flew in to help me. And then we hired like three employees who ended up being like three of the best people who have ever stepped foot in the latch trauma warehouse. So that worked out. So there were like really good serendipitous things that worked out, yeah. but by Sunday evening, and this is a really long story, and if you guys, this is probably okay. where the, the metrics will fall off on the podcast, but by Sunday <laughs> evening, I cannot even tell you. So everything was set up behind the warehouse. I had to rent tents, and I had to rent tables and chairs. I mean, I was so far underwater at this point with how much I was paying my employees and the hours and how much we had like paid for rentals. I think I was probably like $5,000 in the hole, so I had to spell, send like I had to sell like $5,000 worth of like, like one-off diaper covers and onesies to somehow get back to the point where I could donate any money to Trace and her thing which is not, was not well executed. And then also like kind of the community didn't show up to help me. Like I thought mm -hmm. they were going to. So by, by the time Sunday rolled around, I was exhausted and I was sad and I felt like a failure. Like all of those things, like when you put your heart out there and you try yeah. something and you just fail miserably um, and the sun was setting and guys, when I tell you that there was so much stuff left, I mean, there were probably 12 high chairs and bouncy seats and, and, and clothes. And I mean, so much crap. And I had zero cleanup plan, zero. I didn't have anybody coming to help me. It was behind the warehouse. So people were all going to get deliveries the next morning. And so everything had to come down. It was a nightmare. Did but anyway, pull it inside or did you No, Eric eventually load it up Eric, and Eric take came it. and we worked all night with the two kids three kids we had caroline was like six months old at the time it was terrible but anyways as the day was coming to a close on sunday lindy walks in and i had not seen her since high school and she had an infant carrier under each arm and i was a mess i was super vulnerable at the moment because i had no plan of how to clean things up the entire thing was a failure and um i looked at her and i made some comment i was like <laughs> 
hey, uh, I don't know how to design clothes. Can you come help me or something like that? And I was like, we went to high school together. And she was like, I don't really remember you. I, I don't I don't even remember exactly <laughs> word for word what the conversation was. But I somehow asked her knowing that she had like six kids and newborn twins under her arm to come work for me. Um, because I think in just the moment of vulnerability of failing there, I realized that I had no idea what I was doing with the business and designing clothes or anything. Um, and Lindy was gracious enough to look at me at that moment. And she was like, I need a year. And I'm like, a year, like what? Like a year. And she was like, yeah, give me a year and I'll be back. And it was great because I think it was like a year to the day you showed. Yeah. I don't know when I started. I think I started sometime in May and they were born. Maybe it was April. I don't know when like the year mark is, but, um, it really, it was around there. Start to kind of get a little bit more energy around nine, ten months, yeah. and and I, I can't say like I forgot about her because I didn't. Like I knew she was coming. Like it was kind of one of those like if I can just get through a year, like if I can just keep drawing on pieces of paper and taking pictures <laughs> and trying to figure out. And I actually like launched the plus size line in that year before you came, which I thought was was cool that I did on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, really, really great stuff. Um, but then she came and I mean, you can tell some of and these stories, some of this part. Well, story too. it's just, I don't know. I always like to go back to where prior to that, like really struggled after my fourth kid. And then all of a sudden I have two more. And so like was not in a good place and was to the point where I was like, Hey, I'm worth something. I want to do something for me, you know, like that kind of thing. Yeah. And I'm like, what can I do? And then I end up at this, you know, your fundraiser because yeah. my sister-in-law had just done a little bit of modeling. She's like, yo, you should check them out. Like, Oh, I forgot that uh-huh. Corey had come and yes. modeled for she's us. She's like, go check them out. I'm like, what is it? And where is it? And she's like, it's really cool. Like they do these clothes. And I was like, okay. So and, funny. um, so I didn't even know I'd like to, I don't even think I knew that it that was existed. yours. Yeah. Well, I didn't know that it existed, but yeah. I didn't know it was you. But yeah. until, you know, you're like, hey, I don't know if you remember from high school. <laughs> and, you know, honestly, even with you, because I remember you were behind the table and there was another lady sitting. Uh-huh. Um, I didn't even know that it was yours. Like, I know you asked about, hey, do you yeah. want to come? But yeah. honestly, I wasn't. I, I didn't even know yeah, at that time mine. if you were the owner. Anyways, um, I'm trying to think of where, where I was going with that. But but my first thought was, I think because you'd said, you know, we have this, but as far as patterns. And I was mm-hmm. like, well, I could absolutely help her to where she could own her patterns. Yeah. So like if something ever happened, yeah. you have everything on your yeah, side. What was going with the, well, I'm with the company prior to that was basically, I was saying, Hey, I want this sending it to them. They were patterning it. They were designing yeah. it. And then they were sending me the finished product, but yeah. I wasn't actually, so owning. they owned the pattern. Yeah. So really essentially anybody could, yeah, if they shop those patterns yeah. out, they weren't yours. Which was kind of an important, probably, aspect of the company, you know, to... But at that point, yeah. it was so small, and I didn't know what it was going to be, that it really right. wasn't a huge deal. Um, so, Lindy shows up. So, we go a year. She shows up. I think I'm probably pregnant again, because I only had three at that point. I mean, I we, had, we, were, had, we, we had to get to six. So, I were, been like, pregnant, three months pregnant. Whatever. Pregnant, not pregnant, whatever. We had moved at that point into a new warehouse, the warehouse that we're in now. Um. And honestly, it was one of those like, 
really, really hard, like business growth things for me because suddenly I had somebody who was working for me who was basically giving me their creative energy. I was completely unable to pay them what it was worth. And then I was making money off of her ideas. And I don't believe they teach you how to work for somebody in fashion school, like teach you the idea of like how that feels emotionally to be giving well, they really don't to other people. They I mean, they really don't. I think I got a little bit better of an idea and I never had even after schooling. I wasn't like, oh, I'm going to go to New York and like do this and that. And, you know, I did a lot of work locally, even through a professor. Um doing some custom fitting and things like that. Mm -hmm. So I was doing a little bit of work like for myself. Mm -hmm. Um, and I knew I didn't want any crazy, you know, chase the positions and Mm -hmm. all that kind of thing. But, um, yeah, it's, I mean, it's definitely a challenge when you get into something and give your creative energy over. Um, it's hard, it's a hard process to go through and it's a lot of learning. Yeah. And And it it was not ups and downs. We could not be friends for the first years of us working together um I think because it was very hard I think it was probably there was a certain level of vulnerability on both sides there was a certain Mm -hmm. level of me trying to understand that I wasn't going to give away a part of the business but at the same time Lindy was putting in the emotional creative stuff that was making the business completely change and develop I mean within weeks of her showing up she had designed the momper which then became like the top selling style um I think the real I mean there there were a few shifts I think the shift started to happen prior to COVID um but it was it was not easy it was hard for both of us um yeah I I don't think we've ever really talked about about it but I also think coming in somehow I think we were going to make it work when I look back on it because coming in, like it was never like, Hey Lindy, this is, this is what I need. Yeah. This is what I need uh-huh. you to do. It was all kind of like, mm-hmm. which is, which is even harder, which is even harder. So uh-huh. I was like, I don't even know, and especially yeah. in a creative position. I mean, it could go in a mm-hmm. million different directions. Yeah. So I know there were times where I'm like, I don't even know what Yeah, I really need to be doing or yeah. should be doing or what you know she wants or whatever so I, it it was it was kind of a, a back and forth and in learning in some ways it made it easier in some ways it made it harder because it made it easier in the sense that like hey shit we have no idea if this is going to work at all this could yeah. completely fall apart tomorrow so mm-hmm. I really can't pay you anymore because I have no idea what we're doing mm-hmm. and in the hard side was when Lindy took a creative risk I just said yeah go for it and then it hit it out of the park and you can't hide revenue from people in e-commerce land. Lindy knew what her styles were bringing in in terms of revenue. She knew that Eric and I were potentially making money off of her and her creative stuff while we weren't paying her what it was, what she was worth in terms of what she was, what she was giving us. And I think that that was a really hard time for, I think both of us because it hurt me Um, just not to be able to give her what I knew she deserved, but I had to be extremely vulnerable and transparent with the fact that I saw her, I saw what she was bringing to the table. I appreciated it, but I really couldn't do anything more than what we were doing. I think it really started to shift and change when I did allow myself to be a little bit more vulnerable pre COVID. Um, and she started to see the weight of everything else because before COVID, 
we had three employees leave at one time and there was no way in those moments that I couldn't be incredibly real. And the company did not like the company felt like it was falling apart. It was the weight at that point of keeping us moving forward. I think, I think I'm not going to speak for you, but I think it was very apparent at that point that there was so much more, there's so much more that goes on here than just whether you design a piece of clothing and it, and it sells and it brings in revenue. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, so I think that as those things started to change and I started being more comfortable showing Lindy the side of e-com land and small business land that is not shiny and beautiful and all about revenue, mm -hmm. um, it really transformed our friendship and changed it. Yeah. I think there was a lot of growth on my side and where uh -huh. I'm still growing Absolutely. and still learning and still changing, you know, where I came from doing, um, you know, gowns and things like that I even did a little bit of kids stuff on my own mm -hmm. um you know and now it is I, I don't like to call it a job because to me it means so much more now but but it was it was a job and it was different and it was mm -hmm. new and with that uncertainty you know just like what you were speaking to it's hard and I think you have to kind of grow and change and mm -hmm. you know hey for I could have said, Hey, you know what? I've decided I love being here. I really do want to go back to doing something yep. on my own. Yep. I could have said that or really as you grow and change, I'm like, no, I, I love being here. I love working for this company, mm -hmm. what it stands for. And I don't like that's doing something for myself right now. That's not, that's not what I want. I yep. don't want to take that on. Um, who knows? Maybe I'll be a little old lady to do back doing something for myself, but you know, yeah, that growth and change. I was incredibly comfortable, yeah. and I think you learn. And and I mean, I think the growth came from my side when I started to realize you were like I baby stepped into like literally letting somebody actually see me. Um, and I think the more I kind of let Lindy see me and see everything that was kind of on my plate and everything like that, the more we kind of grew together. Um, because honestly, I needed somebody. Would I have chosen it to be somebody who worked for me? Absolutely not. But did I have anything else happening in my life? I had no time for anything else. I was pregnant, postpartum, breastfeeding, like, and I came to work. Like, mm -hmm. so the idea that Lindy was here was very, very convenient. Um, does it make it complicated sometimes? Absolutely. But, um, you know, for the most part, it was incredible. And then COVID happened. Yeah. And COVID. Um, we didn't really have a choice. Yeah. So COVID happened and that is where like we went from being like the older people on staff here with a bunch of kids um, who could kind of talk about things that some of the younger moms kind of couldn't um, to literally like collective trauma land where when we realized that people had to leave the warehouse that weren't essential, um, the marketing team went home, we went home. Um, but we also realized that our, I also realized that I couldn't run a company without Lindy. Um, and the sense of not just her designing clothing, but like literally we had to be creative every single day because we hadn't gotten product from China for six months because they had been down with COVID and now it was hitting us and we weren't going to be able to bring anything in for six months, a year, two years. Like we had no idea. Yeah. So we had to somehow figure out how to keep all of our employees employed. And that yeah. was the only, that was the only priority when COVID happened was to keep everybody happy and healthy. Like profit was out the window, everything. Um, 
Yeah. And I think it was a big step to where I don't even think there was a second thought. But I do remember thinking like everybody went home with their kids. Uh And I had, you know, I was flipped from I think my kids were in public school. And I had to flip from that Uh to pretty much my entire paycheck going to a full time nanny. Yeah. And it there really there was not much of a choice. So to where a lot of people went home with their kids our home life completely flipped into okay like yeah like I'm all in like this is where I work this is what I love this is just everything about Mm. it is what I want to do and in doing Mm. that and you know of course we eventually kind of came out of that but um that was I still remember like sitting side by side at that white table and I'm like what are we gonna do today it was it was and, and it it, there was an answer every day. Like there had to be an answer every yeah. day. Like we couldn't have it. Like there was a really, I'm getting chills even talking about it because there was like, there was not a time where we could have a bad day. Like we were running on, I mean, people say like PPP loan stuff. I mean, that took so long to kind of come to fruition and to come through. But like when you are a self-funded company with just enough revenue to get you by and to keep the lights on, and then literally you lose your supply chain, how on earth do you do it? And so, you know, we had to make some pretty substantial decisions that were probably judged by people in our lives. Like our, we were together. We, we started, I think on the back porch for like one day and then we were like, screw this. And we went into my sunroom and we literally sat together every day. We pulled the team together a lot too, but I feel like we weathered the majority of it together in terms of how do we get to $10,000 today? How do we get to $10,000 today? Like literally we would walk in every single day and we would say, how do we get people to spend $10,000 on our website today? Um, and it was exhausting. It was scary. It was hard. It was, you know, and then you were talking about you had somebody come and have to help with the school and the kids. I had nannies one day that decided, I mean, it, it, because of everything that was happening and information was coming and going, some people wanted to come to work. Some people didn't. Right. I had a pregnant nanny at the time. I had a six month old. I had somebody whose parents were immunocompromised and, and could they come to work and could they not? And, and how did it all, how would it all come together and could we keep showing up? Yeah. Um, and I think that it was just kind of through those really super vulnerable days of, showing up for the it wasn't even the brand at that point like I didn't I honestly didn't expect to have a company at the end of the other side of the pandemic like it was just kind of one of those how do I help these people who showed up for me for so long and believed in us and what we were doing how do I help them and their families get through this Mm -hmm. and then when we realized that it was actually working and we were okay we started to realize like if we feel this way and we're lonely with all of our privilege how can we start building community even harder for all of these women who are working from yeah. home? And that's when the Latch Mama Love Group came out um, and had some amazing people on our marketing team show up and create that. Yeah. Um, and it really, really transformed the brand. But I think more than anything, it transformed our our relationship and our friendship. Yeah. And I think it's interesting, um, you know, kind of that that growth and the friendship. You know, there are these, these really ups and downs and... Um, I think, you know, you start opening up to someone Uh and you do like, I'm sure you are so much more aware of the places that 
the things that I have strengths in uh-huh. and then the weaknesses mm-hmm. and vice versa. And I think as that trust builds, yeah. like you start to really see more of that other mm-hmm. person and there can be some really crappy times. Yeah. There can be some really, really incredible mm-hmm. times. And, um, you know, I think it's fantastic that I get to come to work and see, you know, best friends there. Yeah. Um, but it costs me really difficult. Yeah. It's friendship it's and it's employee and mm-hmm. boss and it's, and it's not always easy, but, um, I would really hate to think if we didn't have this. Yeah. So, and a lot of people say, you know, is there power deferential? Is there like, I mean, at, at times, but Lindy is her own largest critic. There's nothing that I could ever say to Lindy in terms of a critical way that she hasn't already said to herself in like a much harsher way. I feel like, yeah. um, so most of the time those conversations don't even need to be had and when the like the when I say critical there's it's never out of malice like it's never anything that just other than it's just addressing something that may not have gone right or hey can we make sure that we look at this differently next time but most of the time all of the time really you know she's already one step ahead and there and aware which Mm -hmm. I think is really helpful so anyways we so COVID kind of got better we bought the farm and then we moved together and started it's like we moved in together we moved from my back deck to the barn Mm -hmm. where Lindy started therapy. I mean, can I say that? Is yeah. That okay. Um, and I used to go up to my kitchen and make myself lunch while Lindy hung out in the barn with her person um, on Zoom or whatever. And I remember standing there and saying, like, why is my like employee, like somebody who works for me, like, why is she doing this work on herself? And I'm sitting here saying, eh, I'm good. I'm fine. I mean, I knew I had stuff I needed to work through. I knew I had mounds of it. I mean, anytime you get to be 40 years old with yeah, you know six kids, we stuff. all have mounds and mounds of it. So she, <clears throat> so she really inspired me to go and try and do the work myself, which is always a journey. Yeah. Um, but it was interesting, <laughs> though, because it's really cool. It's cool to like literally have a have a decent and have a healthy enough friendship, but then also mm-hmm. start um, working on yourself enough that it's cool because yeah. like we can talk about therapy and like we can talk about things we're learning about ourselves, but yeah. we already have that safe relationship to lean back on. And so like the inherent vulnerability is already there as we kind of learn things. Um, yeah. But I think and I think that goes back to kind of like working together. I don't know what you said earlier, but just in the straight honesty where mm-hmm. there's no even yeah. like the like the small ones today you're like, I love you, but I hate that. Like yeah, you know, no, oh, I asked like, her, I was like, Is that a piece super, of wheat? Like, like like what is that? Like super <laughs> granted yeah. those are already printed, but there's no, it's only five hundred no, of them. I love them. But it's great. um and they're just color changing cups um but it's it's just it's easy and it's Mm -hmm. well I wouldn't say easy but it's honest and it's to the point and it's simple and I know that there's it's not anything personal it's just perfect then what are we gonna you know yeah let's what's the next step what are some things you do like or where would you like to go like yeah it just makes things a lot simpler you know yeah um so you know just just speaking to that and I think that comes with a healthy base of you know both of us wanting to work on ourselves for so many reasons. It's yeah. not that re- just mm-hmm. that reason, but yeah. just in general. It's interesting. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like people are like, have you and Lindy gone to therapy together? Somebody asked me that the other day and I was like, no, um, it's just so funny. It makes yeah. me laugh. I don't know. Like, I mean, I, I didn't even realize that employees who have also 
internal work relationships have been known to go to therapy oh, together. I learned that the other day. I was just listening. I was talking to a friend who said, you know, who was in this complicated relationship with somebody. And uh, I just thought it was interesting because I was like, what did you work on in, in at you know in therapy and she was like we just worked on how to separate the boundaries like the two steps of boundaries which is really interesting and i'm sure something that we could we could probably learn learn something yeah absolutely (laughs) um but i think that it's just to be said that you know there are moments like we'll call each other friend we don't always do that at work like at work we're kind of work but like the text later or like how are you friend or you know like we try and separate I feel like we do a pretty decent job last few months have just been hard just because I think we've just been you know hurting and feeling it out and you know trying to to learn what we can um but I don't know like I I just wish I could give our friendship to other people I wish I could give it to the 10 10 years ago version of me and have it Mm -hmm. through parenthood and have it through like you know yeah the babies and I do I am envious of those who do have it um but I don't I I also think that you somehow have to come up for air sometimes you have to hit rock bottom of loneliness before you realize how important Mm -hmm. making the time you know for connection and friendship is I, I do I agree with that a lot um so I don't know. I guess my advice to you all after you just heard Lindy and I's love story um, is to lean in, you know, to find the time for connection. Um, it's not easy, but it will absolutely change your life. Yeah. Okay. Bye.